This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hi, Jen. Hey, Em. How are you? I'm doing, I'm doing well. I'm hanging in there. How are you? How are you today <laughs> on this lovely day? Now that we fully bulk record, we should probably find a different intro because it makes no sense for me to ask you how you are five times in a row. I know, but I also think we've talked about finding a different intro so many times that we just can't. <laughs> If someone has a better interest for us, can you just DM us and tell we should, us? We'll put that on social media, right? Yeah, like, you tell us would... how to start this intro so we're less awkward. Yeah, we don't have we don't have a way. I we can't just get into it. We need to say hi, how are you first? Yeah. Hi, how are you? Nice cities. <laughs> we're nice so cities. programmed. But also, don't forget, y'all, we went into professional listen to people, not to talk. Okay. Talking about fucking right? it up. Let's talk about fear and resistance getting in the way. Maybe. We have resistance to a new intro because we don't really want to change because we have fear of what it will be like. I don't know. Today's episode, fear and resistance getting in the way. <laughs> that, you know, I have to say, I don't know if that was your best transition, <laughs> but I didn't have a better one. So I can't. I'm not going to criticize you. On it wasn't. <laughs> I love that. I love that when we leave networking events and we're just like, that's not our best work. Yeah, yeah, not our best <laughs> definitely not our best work we do that with our podcast too we'll be like mm, that was not our best work and then then nikki will be like i loved that episode we'll be like, what? and it's always the ones we think we did the worst on how 
it's really shocking. And, you know, there's also a study. I don't know if you're about to I bring this up. I was just about that, to say it, but you say yes, it. Yes. Um, the study that as your idea as a therapist of what your best sessions are are very different than your than your clients' ideas about what their best sessions are. Like they did this study where they would basically have a therapist and a client both rank the session and how they felt like you know, success, content, any of that kind of stuff. And it never matched up. Never. Which I guess tells you that we're all just winging it. I don't know what that tells you. <laughs> tells <laughs> tells me. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. That's what that tells me. Tells all of us, right? Like, there could be sessions where you're like, wow, fucking crush that. And the client, client felt nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Uh, or, I mean, on the flip side, there are sessions where you might be like, oh, I didn't, you know, that was not my best work. And they may have gotten a ton out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there it's it is. Very interesting. Okay. So let's talk about fear and resistance, right? I think that for a lot of these, the emotion that comes up with people is being, or the behavior that can come up or the feeling around it, it can be like paralyzed. Mm. I experience fear and resistance and I'm paralyzed. Let's talk about fear and resistance real quick in terms of um, kind of the fight, flight, freeze or fawn response, right? And I think that understanding for you what fear response you go into is really important. Um, And so that paralyzed feeling is the freeze response to that fear. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so maybe when, you know, your what happens is your your brain is is sending your body signals that you have to protect yourself, that there's some sort of threat to your existence. And when that threat comes up, that's what happens to your body. You go into this fight, flight, freeze or fawn response. And so my question for you, if you're listening, is like, what response do you typically go into? Is it that when you are feeling that fear, you are paralyzed and you can't move? Um, you can't think, you can't do anything, you avoid. Is it that you start fighting with your partner, you start getting angry at people? Is it <laughs> Why are you Don't look, stop looking at me. I just we're at on a podcast. I have to look at you. What do you mean? Look up to the look? Exposing <laughs> me as if I won't expose myself in three minutes. Your, your your facial expressions were so funny while I was saying that. Um, is it the is it the flight response where you're like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, right? Like, I gotta, I can't do this anymore. I need to quit. Um, I need to. I need to get out of this relationship, whatever it is. Or is it the fawn response where you are so overly accommodating and nice towards someone else and you are relinquishing any comfort you have for yourself and thinking more about other people, putting other people before yourself? Mm -hmm. So um, now that we're in exposure time, Em, what do you think your (laughs) response is? So I I think I have two. I I mean, I am either fight or uh, fawn. Yeah. So when it's someone who's older than me or somewhere I consider a position of power, then I'm very much a fawner. Yeah. Right? Uh, we had this phone call with our landlord. I I was on the phone. Jen wasn't even on it. And I'm like, Rah. I had to like tell the landlord that we were switching buildings, whatever. And he's kind of was like pushing back on me about like, well, what about blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, listen, we're going to make this as accommodating as possible. It's going to be great. I'm like, I'm like, I was like, that's not my fucking problem. Like, I don't own the building. The lease is up. Like, why am I like doing this? 
And so I think when it's someone who I feel intimidated by, that I go very much into like fawn or appease. And if it's someone, you know, probably like Jen or my husband, I'm going to fight. <laughs> You don't really fight with me. No, but you can feel when I get yes. like, meh, right? 1,000%. Like, yeah, so like mine isn't even like I'm going to fight and like scream at you, but you can feel me be like, whoa. She's got like tension in her body. Yes, you can, that I'm like, ooh, I like, yes. don't like that. I don't like that at all, right? Yeah. Okay, yours is obvious. What, what, you please tell me. What do you think mine is? <laughs> okay, well, you do a few of the stuff. So one, you you do this thing where I think it's a combination of like freeze and flight where you want to just avoid and isolate. Yes. So I don't know which one that feels like for you underneath. Um, and is that you running away or freezing? I do both. Yeah, I, but that's what I mean. Is yours is a combination together, just like mine is. The flight too is also like feels like turning inward, right? Like it's like shutting down and turning into myself. So it is a good combo. Yeah. Um, I also think I go into fawn. Yeah, you do. We both do. We both definitely go into fawn too. And here's the thing. It's something that my wonderful therapist had said to me once. She was like, why are you so quick to say it's all bad? Because this people pleasing and fawning that you've done, it's actually worked out really well. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you don't have to do it all the time. If it doesn't feel right or if you feel bad after it, then that's something to change. But like nothing we do is like this like horrible, toxic behavior. The internet has just told us that. And I think that that's such an important point is that like there are ways that this is actually really helpful for us. Like these mechanisms were built to protect us. It's just a matter of are they over functioning in an experience and keeping you from being able to move forward with different things. So yeah. um, we have to constantly evaluate and by we, I should just speak for myself. I assume you feel the same way. Yes. <laughs> we have to constantly evaluate our fear responses, especially in business, to say, is this helping us? Where is this coming from for us? Is this fear going to keep us from growing in some way? Is it going to keep us from moving forward in some way? And so I think that that's a big part of it is that to recognize that your brain is wired for protection and it's sending you these protection signals for a reason to take care of you. But you get the choice to decide, is this helping me? Is me shutting down in this conversation, um, is it helping me in some way? or fleeing or fighting, is this helping or is it hurting or is it somewhere mm -hmm. in between? And so mm -hmm. those are the kinds of questions we can get into to kind of help you navigate that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's answer some questions. Yeah. And that'll navigate, that'll navigate this, Give us this a conversation. I'm going to start at the top. Is that? Do it. I love okay. that. Deal of choice. Um, <laughs> the thing, we still don't know what it means. We should Google. <laughs> How do <laughs> we don't gamble. <laughs> I feel like it's a Maybe gambling Maybe we should. Thing. <laughs> yeah, Definitely it's, not. It's obviously a fucking gambling thing. It's um, right? I don't think it's like I think. I think it's very much like, definitely. A, like a poker blackjack like, dealer, what would right? it be? Dealer's choice. Like, what would that mean? <laughs> like, why would it be dealer's choice? <laughs> I think there's multiple like ways you can play blackjack and they'll be like, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, dealer's choice. Like the dealer makes the decision whether you hit or not, maybe? No, I think there's different versions of it. <laughs> we have that... no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> All right, keep going. I'm no. not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> we're going to look it up for it. Do you want to go to Vegas? <laughs> Definitely <No>. not. <laughs> 
definitely, my fear is telling me I definitely don't want to go to Vegas. And talk, I feel about, like the- talk about shit that's like, I, I went there once and like, I'm fucking good. When me and my husband first started dating, listen, I'm a saver to the max. I save yeah. money. Yeah, you are. <laughs> me and my husband first started dating. We like went, I think we went to a casino, maybe an AC, and we played blackjack. I lost $100 and well, I c- cried. <laughs> Yo, but what year was that? Because a hundred dollars was a lot of fucking money. It still when feels you, like a lot. Of yeah, money. no, no. But like, especially when you're in your twenties, a hundred dollars is a ton of fucking money. Yeah, it was 2015. So yeah, I was very upset. <laughs> so you're like, dealer- I can't eat this fucking week. Yeah, yeah right? dealer's choice did not work out for me. <laughs> still don't think that's what it is. fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on the accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. But 
Okay, but let's actually wait. I have to use you as our guinea pig now. I'm really sorry, but you opened it up. So let's talk about your fear with money. Yes. Oh, cool. Cool. It's going to be great. It's going to be really great. Okay, I'm really glad I opened this can of worms. <laughs> okay, so I come from a scarcity mindset, and I'm very aware of that. And I have this fear that there is never going to be enough, um, which, you know, I think comes from a lot of intergenerational trauma um, that my parents also had. My dad's dad lost a lot of money in real estate. Um, so I think that he very much developed that and passed that on to me. And I think there's probably more intergenerational trauma that I don't know about. Um, so I was very much passed down this scarcity mindset. And so the fear that comes up is that there's never going to be enough. And so I have my reaction to that is to try to hold on and like mm -hmm. hoard. And so that is a fear response that I have recognized is not helpful for me in some ways. There are ways in which it might be helpful for me, but the ways in which it's not helpful is in our business is a great example. <laughs> I have learned that over time. Mm -hmm. um, that in order to grow, you have to become comfortable with spending money uh, because you're putting it back into the business. I actually had a conversation with my therapist about my tolerance for or my wish to my appetite for growth and my appetite for risk. Mm. And how with growth comes risk, that there's there's no way to separate the two. And yeah. we talked about how my appetite for growth is much bigger than my appetite for risk. Yeah. Because there's a lot of fear around risk for me. And so you sometimes have to look at the ways in which you your fear response comes up. And how it's playing a role in maybe work, in your relationships, in the way that you spend money, and how it's helping you and maybe how it's hurting you. And to almost reevaluate, what do I want to do differently? And let me tell you, I've been working on that and that will always be a work in progress. But it also means you have to consistently push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Somebody wrote in and they said, fear of missing out on family time if I move further away. I saw that. And I think that's it relates a lot of what you're talking about. Is your appetite for growth correlate with your appetite of risk? Yes. And that the two are coupled. And you can't for the most part practice one without the other. Same thing with the podcast, right? When we started the podcast, my appetite for growth was way bigger than my appetite for risk. But the growth was more important to me and that you have to be able to say to yourself, okay, I recognize that this is something that might be holding me back if I stay in my comfort zone. And I think that's a lot of what people mean when they say yeah. you have to step outside of your comfort zone in order to grow. And so there, it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to really do it and put it into practice and say, mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be OK. And that's that's what I think is an important thing in a way. Someone wrote something about rewiring. Let me find oh, here. question. What's a good practice to try and rewire your brain from triggers you learned as a kid? Exactly. So 
what happens is when we go into that maybe flight response or in that freeze response we want to avoid and that allows us to stay in our protective comfort zone but it keeps you from being able to grow and also to be able to prove to yourself that you can do this and that it will be okay. Mm -hmm. And that is where I think a lot of the rewiring happens is that if you allow yourself to step outside of your comfort zone and to challenge some of those protective mechanisms that have been quote unquote keeping you safe, um, when you step outside of that comfort zone and do those things and feel uncomfortable and feel that fear and you do it anyway, you get to prove to yourself that you can do it and that you are still safe. And you are saying to yourself, I'm doing something that's not comfortable for me and that typically I would respond in a fear-based manner and it is scary, but when I'm doing it, I'm also still safe and I'm getting mm -hmm. through it. And the more that you do it, the more you're rewiring those mechanisms for yourself. Yeah. And so I think that that's an important thing and that's why people do something like exposure therapy. Mm -hmm. Right. Where you're exposing yourself to something that is really fearful for you and you're getting through it slowly and you're saying, I'm OK, I'm still living because the threat is telling you that you're going to die if you do this. Right. Your brain is sending you those signals. You're going to die if you make this change or you do something different. And that's why it's so emotionally triggering to go through that experience. So I think that the idea of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and doing something different and trying something different and then being able to say to yourself, I got through this and I'm OK and I'm safe yeah. will help you to rewire your brain. OK, so somebody said how to stop feeling paralyzed from making choices when you're scared. So we think what we're talking about is like diving deeper into the fear and what the scared is about. Right. OK, so let's say somebody is talking about um, we're going to start our own business and I have a great idea to start the business. I think I want to start this business. I'm really scared to start this business, right? So you start to ask yourself, okay, so what, what's the biggest risk here? What could go wrong? Business fails. I lose all my money. You're right. Big risk, right? Okay. So what if you were to put some of the money into it, not all of it? You keep yourself, okay, here's my savings account. What are the ways that I would like go in with something, but I want to mitigate some damage? Okay. There's option one. Two would be, so what would happen if you lose all your money? Can you go to anyone for help? Would you still have your house? Would you have a place to live? Really, really, really dive in. It's like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen here? And we've talked about this before. I use this as example before. Probably the worst thing that could happen is aliens come down and they suck the brain out of your fucking head and they spew it all over your cat. That's the worst thing that could probably actually is happen. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, what's yours? That is like, if an alien aliens. comes out of the sky and eats my brain, <laughs> that I think is the worst thing that can happen. Wow. You know, I never but for some people, <laughs> but for some people, the worst thing that could happen would be failing and everyone knowing. The worst thing that could happen is I am exposed. People make fun of me. People are judging me. People are laughing behind my back. How could she think she could start a um, practice? And like we had a lot of those fears when we first started our practice is like if this fails, the people that are like, oh, these dumbass 24 year olds are starting a business. Like, I was nervous what they were going to think. Yeah. Well, and yeah. And, and also, I, you know, I'm thinking back to that time when we were so young. I think in a lot of ways, too, we were like, this cannot fail. Like, I think there are, I have to say, there's something about our fear that also has helped us yeah. move forward so strongly. Mm -hmm. 
But we don't have the paralyzation I think this person's talking about. No. No. Right? Like, w- we slow it down, but I don't, we don't feel paralyzed. This no, is we don't. Yeah. We, ha- we are, we are pushed forward. And I think, yeah. I think that that's the thing is like when you start, before you start something, it's easier to feel paralyzed and, mm-hmm. and it's easier to have all of those what ifs come up just as we're talking about. And the what ifs almost keep you more paralyzed to be able to just say, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? And that we kind of stay on the, typically stay on the top layer of that when we're feeling that fear, as opposed to taking ourselves deeper. Okay, well, what if that happened? Would you be okay? How would you get through it? How would you take care of yourself through that experience if that were to happen? And is it worth not trying? Right. Like the fear of failure, if the fear of failure keeps you from never trying something, right, and never moving forward with something, then you're going to stay in the same place. Mm -hmm. And is that okay for you? And if that's not okay for you, and if your appetite for growth is bigger and, and you can develop your tolerance for risk then I think that that's the answer, is mm-hmm. developing that tolerance for risk. Yeah. So this person, let's go back to the question, is how to stop feeling paralyzed from making choices you're scared. You take one step forward. One step. One movement. What's the one thing you're going to do? Because one movement can turn into two, can turn into three. But the thing you can do, if you want a good activity, is like start at the top, like imagine where the graph is at, right? Start at the top. Um, if I speak up to my, if I speak up and tell my mom, no, what's going to happen, right? She's going to be mad at me. And then you're going to say, and then what? And then what? And then what? And then what? And we're going to get to the very core of why it's so scary. And if I can get to the very core of it and understand it at a deeper level, I can then start to move past and say, okay, so the biggest deepest fear if i say no to my mom or stand up to her is that she will cut me off completely okay what do i actually have to support that well she did to my sister okay pretty fucking scary right and so is that worth it more is that relationship worth more to not get cut off and then how would i take care of myself if that was to happen what would the plan be and getting down to that deeper fear really allows you to look at it and we stay away from that deeper fear because it's scary to even look at so yeah take yourself all the way down all the way down the road deep dark road (laughs) how to not experience the shame spiral when you let the fear and resistance win Radical self-compassion, baby. Yeah. I say give yourself grace. There will always be times where the fear and resistance win. Yes. That is part of being human. And I also think whether you're listening to this episode or you're seeing things on social media, that there's a lot of talk around, you know, keep going, step outside, just as we're saying, step outside mm-hmm. of your comfort zone. It's not an easy thing to do. Like you might be listening to this podcast and think like, oh, I really got to Like it takes time. And it takes vulnerability and it takes having conversations and thinking about things like this. Um, So just give yourself grace and compassion. Like those, those fears are there for a reason and they have protected you in the past. Like there are reasons why they are there. And I want you to think about like how or what are the ways that this has protected me and helped me because there are ways that it has. And then what are the ways that it hasn't? When you go down the shame spiral, you deny yourself the ability to say, like, this is also taking care of me in some way. And I think that that's important to acknowledge. 
Okay. Yeah. Do your choice. I, I, love, I love this one. <laughs> How to get past the fear of social situations when it's easier to stay home alone with my dog. Well, Jen, you could probably answer that one. <laughs> Just add in and my cat and that's you. Mine's not out of fear. It's more out of exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would say what's the cost of not going into those social situations? My guess mm. is you wouldn't be asking this question if there wasn't a cost. Mm. My guess is you want there to be more social connection because this wouldn't be a question otherwise. Yeah. And so it's it's the same thing as like when we have a fear of doing something and it keeps us from doing something that we want to do right? There's a cost to everything. And so when you push yourself once again out of your comfort zone to be in social situations and you get through that social situation, you could say, wow, I really found connection in that. I um, I feel less lonely when I'm talking to people and I'm connecting with people. And it, and it was really uncomfortable and hard for me to go through that. Yeah. That it doesn't have to be one or the other, that you can feel that fear, push yourself through it and develop the connection that you need because it is going to be easier to stay home alone with your dog. It just will be. You know, your dog is going to lick your face, sit on your lap, watch a movie with you. It'll just be easier. But what's the cost? Are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling like you don't have enough connection in your life? And with that comes being able to push yourself out of your comfort zone and pass that fear and to feel that fear and know that you can still do these things. Mm -hmm. I have to take a minute to normalize something else too, which is that like, if you feel so paralyzed with fear, it's a great time for meds. Yes. Let's normalize for one second is that sometimes you need medication for stuff yes. and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that if it benefits your mouth benefits your mouth if it benefits your <laughs> life <laughs> or if it benefits your mouth we love dentists i don't know um but if it feels like it's truly causing disruption in my life disruption in my relationships disruption with work i want to make sure that like you have enough support and there's nothing wrong with having an eval and getting medications and if it feels like you or receiving pushback. A lot of people start with their going to their like PCP or their primary doctor for meds. And remember, like that is not their specialty. And so even though it's expensive, like I do recommend having a psyche eval and like seeing a psychiatrist and you know doing it that way and budgeting your money out to find the right med for you. I love that you said that. I think it's so important because it's true. Like sometimes we we physically are not going to be able yeah. to push past that fear yeah and, and medication can yeah. be incredibly helpful yeah for whatever you works for you that. yeah yeah additionally what would it be like to only go to dog friendly places <laughs> oh <laughs> and bring your emotional support dog with you i love that right to go to right if you start slow go to a dog park start chatting with people at the dog park yeah mm -hmm. you know i don't talk to anyone at the dog I, park that's not true. Once I was on the phone with you and you were talking to somebody, but it's because there was a, a large fight in the dog park and you were talking about the drama with someone oh, else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I to talk about that. Yeah. I wasn't talking. I was just observing. I was observing the fact that two people were fighting over their dogs. Uh, was it over a ball? 
Yeah, it was like a bomb. <laughs> Like nothing I've That's ever so seen. So much before. worse than to be like, like, all right, like whatever. You're fighting over your dogs. I love my dog. I'd probably kill for him. But like fighting over a ball, that one seems. Yeah, like it was a- like one of the dogs like took the ball, and the person was pissed. <laughs> Anytime Louis loses a ball at the dog park, like of another, and you're like, bye. I'm like, listen, I have given that ball up to the greater good of this dog. Like, oh, <laughs> never, belongs. never would I ever go up to another dog and be like, that ball is mine. <laughs> I'm like, enjoy it. (laughs) Enjoy it. That's why you have to bring like three with you. Okay. I like this one. Fear of being less than, which leads to motivation paralysis. Ooh, what do you think you're going to be less than? Yeah. What's the expectation you have for yourself? And what, because of the fear is being less than, my thought is that like you might have an unrealistically high expectation. We like low expectations. (laughs) Love low expectations. Really, you're never disappointed. What does less than mean to you? Mm. What what less is less than who? Less than what? Yeah, less like what's what? your meaning of less than? Who are you comparing yourself to? Is that a fear that has come up in multiple situations? Right? If it's something consistent throughout your life, who made you feel like you were less than? Because the fact of the matter is whoever made you feel that way probably felt that way about themselves and projected that into your relationship with them. And so what they said to you of you being less than was really more about them than it was about you. And so you get to redefine what that means for you. So dig into that. Does that come up all the time? And how can you lower your expectations for yourself? Because it sounds like you probably put a lot of pressure on yourself. It gets exhausting. Fear about things going wrong when starting a business. What's rational and what's not? Um, part of the answer to this is going to be what business are you in, are you in right? We know is like if you're in the business of restaurants, it's very hard to have a successful restaurant, actually, simply because there's so many restaurants, cost of overhead, all the stuff, rising cost of inflation. If you're in the restaurant business, okay, it's a lot to be worried about, right? Like. It's rational to be worried about what's the longevity of this, how sustainable is this, what's going to happen, fucking pandemic shuts shit down again, right? Any of those type of things. If you're starting a small business where you have a store and you have an Etsy shop and you have some coaching that you do, etc., diversifying it, I think that it's rational to be scared. It's rational to be nervous. But what's not is that, you know, my life is over. I'm waking up every night. Like if you're, if you can't sleep, if it's it's in the way of all your relationships, you can't breathe, you have panic attacks every day, if it's causing disruption and dysfunction in your life, that is when we're moving away from rational. Yeah. And also, let's just normalize the fact that like things are going to go wrong no matter what you do. Um, you know, we've been in business for almost 10 years now. And how many things would you say have gone wrong? Many, many things. <laughs> So it's not necessarily about things going wrong. It's about the way that you manage those things. Well, so life happens, right? I mean, like, who could have foreseen a freaking pandemic happening? We left the office after those two weeks and we thought this business is over. I mean, right? How scared were we? Thought, God, we had, at the time, we probably had, what, 14 therapists with us? No idea. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, what's going to happen to their livelihood? How are we going to make this work? It was so scary and completely unpredictable. So like, that's the thing is like, that's one thing we did not prepare for. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. 
Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot, like even small things, right? Like there's always like small things that happen in the business that we could anticipate or like decisions that we've made that haven't been the best decisions Mm -hmm. and that we have to pivot from. And I think that one of the biggest lessons that we've learned in business is it's not about things going wrong and it's not about making the right or wrong decision. It's about recognizing when things aren't working and pivoting from them and making a change quickly, trusting our intuition and knowing if things go wrong that we get to it's almost like a puzzle where we're like, we get to figure that out. And in the moment, it can feel so scary. There are times when Emily and I are freaking the fuck out about something. And now when we look back at them, and I think this is also because we've been through it so much, we can look back at it now and be like, okay, we got through that, right? We have rewired our brain to be able to say when things go wrong or we've made decisions that we want to change that we can get through it. But in the moment, it feels so scary. So I think Mm -hmm. that Knowing that things are going to go wrong, you are going to make mistakes, you are going to want to make changes. Um, That's part of having a business. That's part of being in business. And the expectation that everything needs to go right in order for you to be successful is unattainable. Yeah. Um, Dear Em and Jen. You want me to do it? Yeah. Okay. Dear Em and Jen, how do you handle when someone indirectly violates a boundary you have set? My spouse and his siblings have gone no contact with their emotionally abusive father and have asked their mom not to share details of their lives with him. They have been divorced for almost 20 years. However, she still texts him pictures and updates of all of us against our wishes. I think it's because it makes her sad that nobody speaks to him anymore. Also, the only way we know this is because sister-in-law snooped on the mom's phone and read all of the texts. Wow. Sounds like boundaries are (laughs) an ongoing issue. An ongoing issue, which is another boundary issue in itself. How do we address this with his mom, my mother-in-law? It feels like a huge betrayal and makes us feel emotionally unsafe with sharing things with her. She is the only parent my husband has left, so he is hesitant to cut her out of his life. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I was just say we have to correct one thing, which is the person said is how do you handle when someone indirectly violates a boundary? And this person did not indirectly violate a boundary. They directly violated a boundary. Yeah. And the thing that I want to say about that is that then you get to decide what boundary you set with your mother-in-law yeah. and your husband's mother. And, you know, the last question was she uh, the last statement was she is the only parent my husband has left, so he's hesitant to cut her. You don't have to cut her out of mm. out of his life. Um, but it's not the only way to do this. It's not the only way to do this. You, if there are things that she's sharing that you are uncomfortable with, you get to decide whether you share them with your mother-in-law, where you can say to her, listen. I understand you want to share these things. It's really important for us um, that these don't get shared with my father-in-law. And so because you keep sharing, we're no longer going to share those things with you. You get to set that boundary if you see that that boundary continues to be violated by your mother and mother-in-law. You get to make that decision because in the end, you can't control your mother. You can only control the boundaries that you have. And you do not have to cut her off in order to set stronger boundaries with her. And I mean, I, I mean, in some ways, it is this, but I understand where mom's coming from, right? You said, I think that it's because she makes her sad that nobody speaks to him anymore. That is sad. This is very sad. This person lost and missed out on their family 
because they're emotionally abusive. That's fucking sad. It's sad they didn't get their shit together. It's sad they probably didn't have access to therapy. It's sad. You know what I mean? It's just like a very, very sad situation. And so I think we're dealing with a sad situation. We have to also deal with different creative solutions. And I think you're in, right? I, my recommendation would be for everyone to stop looking at everyone's phone. <laughs> Yeah, that's and everyone, one. we, we got to sort of like be like, all right, here's some shit. Like, there. right. You know what I mean? If I'm violating a boundary, how are they supposed to um, respect mine? Blah, blah, blah. We got to like what we call it is like isomorphic. I got to do it for you for you to do it back to me. Right. OK, so I think you're going to have to say, hey. We discovered this information. We know that you're sending these pictures to dad. It really hurts us. We really don't want it. Here are the reasons why. Um, I'd like to hear of why it felt so important for you to send those and why that was a part of it. Even though we had already, did you think about what would happen if we found out? Were you worried about what would happen if you found out? Do you care that we're upset about this? Right. Those are all questions that would be interesting for me to hear. And, you know, if you continue to do this, we're going to probably, we'll tell you about stuff. But we're not going to maybe send photos or we're going to do blank, but we're not going to do blank. Right. So like, what are the things that we're going to do that are involved here? Or you might have to say, what if dad sees your photos? What if he does get updates? What's going to happen in your life? He still doesn't get the blessed ability to be with you. What does it matter so much for you? And then you have to figure out what that is for you. Oh, well, because he uses it as baits, because um, we f- it feels unsafe with our kids that are involved. Those are all very, very valid things. It might be a very valid reason you have for it, but I think that's what you have to get really clear about is the point of all of this. That's our episode. All right. And that's our episode. Thanks for today. C- coming out to Shrink Chicks today, listening, coming, coming out. out. I don't know. Dealer's <laughs> choice. Um, <laughs> we always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow an Apple podcast. You can check us out at YouTube under Shrink Chicks, um, on Instagram, Shrink Chicks, uh, the therapy group. We'd love to connect you with an amazing clinician. We're located in lots of different states. You can check us out at therapygroup.com. Um, if we're not in your state, we'll be happy to match you someone within our network and give you some other names if we can. Um, we can't thank you enough for listening. Shrink Chicks is a little way of how we get um, our voices out there, normalize stuff and make therapy accessible and relatable. So thanks for being here with us to do it. We will see you next week. And don't forget so that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Nope. Yep. Yes, yep, that's right. Oh, it. thank you. Yep. That's it. Yeah, she did see it. See you next week. <laughs> Bye.